Welcome to Story Talking with Laksh. I am Laksh. Now, if you've never heard this podcast before, let me welcome you. I am Lakshtata. I run a storytelling platform called Launchora. And to give you the basic gist of it, I'm a storyteller. So I started this podcast to talk about stories, to talk about how I make stories, to talk to people who are storytellers in their own way, in their own uh, worlds, in their own industries, how they use storytelling, how they use creativity, creativity to solve problems. So yeah, this, this podcast is, is my experiences through storytelling either personally or professionally or by talking to others about their journeys. Now, if you're listening to this, you probably know the title of this already. I don't. I do know the title. The primary title of this episode is Dual Stories. But there is a subtitle, which I will figure out over the course of this episode. Now, it is exactly midnight at... Uh, on February 1st, and February 2nd has just started, so it's the night of February 1st, and before I begin to tell you, before I get to the real, you know, crux of this episode, I will tell you that if you're listening to this and you saw in the episode list we have, because we are, I don't, I don't know where you're listening to this, you could be listening to this on Launchora or on Apple, on Google, on Spotify, a bunch of platforms where this podcast is available. But there is a list of episodes, and technically, technically, this episode is a sequel to a previous episode. Now, now, now. Does that mean you need to have listened to the first one? Because there is another episode, which I posted on January 5th, called Dual Stories. Well, you kind of don't need to hear it think of it as like this isn't a direct sequel it's not you know back to the future 2 because you kind of need to know back to the future 1 to see back to the future 2 interestingly enough side note i saw back to the future 2 after before i saw back to the future which in a way only made two better than one. And I always thought two was better than one, but I think that's because I think two was better than one because I saw two before one and two was such a good story. Anyway, the reason this is a sequel is because I mentioned it at the end of Dual Stories, the first episode of this, uh, what looks like now a series. I'm trying to write a story. And given how... I have structured my life. It hasn't been easy for me to write over these past couple of months. The last story I published was in August, and now we're in January. So, in a way, the the dual story is something that I came up with um, at the end of the year, at the end of 2018, to write two stories at the same time that deal with the same theme which is immortality through love uh so if you want to know the backstory of dual stories then yeah you should in a way listen to the previous episode and if you have already 
I'm sorry that I'm explaining this, but you do understand why it would be necessary to, you know, give newcomers a little bit of a recap. So I will quickly catch you up on the Duhansen of Dual Stories. And this is something, if you already know what it is, it'll help you because you probably haven't listened to that episode just before this, right? Unless, wait, you are the person who heard this one and then you were like, oh, no, no, I should catch up. So you heard the last one and now you're listening to this again. I do apologize if you are the person who belongs in that category. But very quickly, I'll go through it very quickly. I wanted to write two stories that deal with the idea of immortality using the same characters but in two parallel stories in universe one which is what i've decided to call it u1 both characters are immortal and the only way for them to get rid of their immortality is to fall in love with a person that's the rules of universe one you fall in love with a person and if you stay with them forever in a way technically we're going to rework that whole concept obviously as we read the story but the only way to die is to die together that's the rules of the universe so i'm going to explore that in you one how people basically after the age of 25 they stop aging and they have to find someone to spend the rest spend their life with in order to age but let's say someone is 50 years old by now and they break up for some reason they go back to being 25 it's very very weird and tricky and we'll get into how all of that would work so that's u1 now u2 is actually in a way simpler because it's more related to our current world where we live um in U2, only one character is immortal, and they still have to get someone to fall in love with them and spend the rest of their life with them in order to die. That's the goal. Both stories, the goal is to die, but through love. So I guess it's about mortality through love. Yeah, I guess that's that's the idea, right? So that those are the rules of the two universes. And both universes have the same two characters because you guys know, if you already know me, that I like to write stories with just two characters. That's that's kind of my, I would say my niche, but to me, it's not a niche. To me, it's all I know. That's all I like to know. So that's the recap, and it's already been seven minutes. Yeah, so this isn't going to be a short episode, is it? I mean, it's okay. We've been building up to this. I will tell you now, um, you probably, if you were following what I and Lonchora have been up to this week and the past couple weeks, then I do thank you because I didn't shy away from sharing it. Um, the entire, like January 22nd to 29th, I was in Jaipur with uh, my colleague Swati covering the Jaipur Literature Festival, the Z Jaipur Literature Festival, Z of 2019. I am so used to saying all those words. Um, but it was it was a wonderful experience. It was my first ever JLF, and I will never forget it. 
we put out 23 episodes of our other podcast called Jepper Bites through those five days that the festival was, the public festival was on. And then it was technically six days because they have a, they start one day early with Jepper Bookmark. This is something that if you haven't heard of JLF or Jepper Bites, you wouldn't really know about. But I just wanted to say thank you in case you had followed it. I should tell you, now coming back to dual stories, I actually wasn't planning to do a new dual stories episode this week. I had scheduled um, a podcast recording with a writer who I wanted to, uh, who I really wanted to talk to, but that person had to postpone at the last minute because they were traveling and we were going to do this in person. So, which is why we are now having a dual stories episode, which is why it's being recorded on a Friday night because I would like to have, I would like to go back to my Saturday's new episode stuff. Also, this is the reason what I just mentioned, JLF. That was the reason why there was no new story talking last Saturday. So if you were expecting that, I do apologize. But I was kind of busy putting on 23 episodes of the other podcast that we make. Now, coming back to dual stories, let's get back to what we're going to cover in this episode. I have some big plans in this episode. And because I don't want to waste your time, I did do some homework this time. So I made some notes of what I want to cover in this episode. Now, however, I will tell you the truth. Since January 5th, which is when the last episode was posted, so I believe that's when the last time, that was that episode was the last time I talked about this story with you. The only time I have spent working on these two stories since then is yesterday. Yeah, last night, I felt like I wanted to get back to writing those two stories and I had just come back from Jaipur so I had I had the free time now to work on it and so I worked on some things and what it did was it only made me well worry more about how I'm actually going to pull this off so first things first I think that this episode primarily needs to deal with a couple things. One, characters. Who are these people? What makes them tick? What is going on with them, with their backstories, with their current stories, with the whole reason why you should care about them? Why should you... Why am I have, having you spend time with these two people particularly? Because remember, you one and you two, the only thing they have in common is that the people in both stories are the same people. They just live in different universes. So that's what we were going to study, right? So the character part is something that I want to cover a lot in this episode. And the second thing that I want to cover in this episode has more to do with the process of writing. And this is where I'll tell you this, this thought that I had. How much does the audience, which is you, my reader, how much do you need to know about the story before you experience it? For example, 
think of the think of movie trailers, right? You go for a movie before you see that movie, you see trailers for another movie because that's marketing. How do they tell you to watch their next movie if they don't show you a trailer for it? Now, I love watching movies. I've always loved watching movies. I've always loved watching trailers as well because I just want to know what's the next movie coming out, what should I be interested in. But sometimes I really love watching movies where I know nothing about the movie. I've never seen the trailer. I don't even know the, the description. I don't know the actors. And then if you sit down in a movie where you know nothing about it, and you just press play, in a way, everything in it, you're, what you're experiencing is, is new to you. You haven't seen a particular scene in the trailer before. You're not waiting for that funny joke that was mentioned in the trailer. You're just there to experience the story. And what that does to me is that it reminds me of how a movie and, and a story in general is, is, is this medium where it's all about the storyteller's vision. Now, coming back to why that's relevant here. If you imagine that, of course, you, the people who are listening to this, I obviously hope that you actually will read the story that we're going to be talking about, both of them. But am I writing the story for you? Or am I writing the story for people who have no idea what the story is about before they read it? Now, what does that mean? See, you guys know that both stories have two people who are immortal in one story and one person who's immortal in the other story. You know that they're the same people and you know that my goal is to make both stories be about the same idea but in set in different universes so they will deal with different things but starting with, from the same recipe or the same ingredients in a way, different recipe. But I can't assume that the people who read that story know that, which means that I have to then construct the story in a way that it's enjoyable either way. Whether you listen to these podcasts and then read the story because you know so much about it already and you are interested in seeing the executed version of it, or you have no idea what that there are these podcasts and you just stumble upon the stories. Are the stories still good enough on their own without you knowing where they're going? Because it is very much possible that during the course of these these episodes, and it does look like this is going to be a series, isn't it? That during the course of these this series, I reveal to you things that many people may not know. Well, people who read it without listening to this, they may not know till the end of the story. But I may share that with you because you're on this with me, on this journey, to talk about how that story would unfold. Will the experience still be worth it for you versus for them? And am I going to end up leaning heavier towards one side? Because here's the thing with stories where there's too much exposition because the storyteller is concerned that, oh, I didn't explain enough about how the world works or about, you know, the core of the story and all that. I don't believe, I think, I definitely don't like exposition. I really don't. But I do know that 
people do exposition because they don't want to lose the audience, especially when they're spending a lot of money making a story. I'm spending no money making the story, and I'm not charging you for any of it either, so I should let go of having that, you know, fear that I'm going to disappoint someone, either either audience. And maybe that's one of the first lessons in this episode. If you're giving something away for free, be nice to yourself and don't worry about what people are going to think because you're not charging them any money. So just, you know, be easy on yourself. Now here's the second thing that happened when I got back to writing the story yesterday. I had that phase which I always I always hit this phase. And it usually happens after all the conceptualization and the triggers have happened where I do tell myself that, yes, this is the next story. And I know this is the next story because I'm talking to you about it and I'm not talking to you about anything else. So here's what happened. Last night, when I started working on this, I started typing and nothing came out. I mean, thoughts came out, sure. Opinions came out. But everything that came out was commentary, similar to what I'm saying to you right now. This is commentary. This isn't content. This isn't the story. Me talking to you about it is not the story. The story is the story. The dialogue is the story. The two people interacting is the story. But all I came out, all I was able to bring out was just more commentary, more questions, more thoughts, more ah uh, this, ah uh, that, and that... I kind of got upset with myself when that happened because I was hoping to write some dialogue because as you know from before, if you know me, dialogue is how I figure everything out. Dialogue is how I know what the story is about. Dialogue is how I know that these are the people that I'm creating. So last night I, I hit that point again, which I always do, and it's scary because... It never doesn't happen, but every time it happens, it still feels equally bad, even though you're used to it. And that feeling is, why am I writing this? Why is this the thing that I want to focus on? Why, why is there nothing coming out if this is that important? Why are the universes structured this way? What makes these characters worth spending time with? Why are these two knights worth capturing? And how does... I mean, this is this is so important. You may have noticed this. I focus too much on you, one. Why am I not worrying about you, two? Not the band, but the universe. So, yeah. That's something that happened last night, too. You know, the thing that I feel like I want to tackle with these stories is, I mean, I, I've mentioned this before, my stories are answers to questions. And I'm, I'm guessing anyone, any writer or storyteller can, can, can feel that way. I'm not saying that my approach is different, but I... For me, this story, these these two stories, these dual stories are about... They're two different answers to the same question. 
And I want... Well, I could tell you what the question is, but if I... I can't say that's the only way of describing that question. And, and I know that sounds confusing, but think of it this way, right? Both stories deal with... And I've, I've set the rules. I know what... I know why they're limited to that, but... Both stories are about there being a rule set in place and that's the first thing that makes them different from our world we live in a world where there are rules but we made them but in these two stories there's literally rules that govern the way the universes work and the number one rule in both is that if you find love you will be able to die now, is that too dissimilar from the rules that we give ourselves when we create love in our lives? I don't know. But it got me thinking about what is the real purpose of for both these characters in either story, in either universe? What is it? What is it that brings these people to these events, which these stories will be? What have they gone through before with their love life, with their, with their experiences, with their struggles? That for some reason, this event, this meeting of this another, this other person is what will create the love that we, me, and you will buy into. That, yeah, okay, I buy that these two people will stay together until death comes. Which got me thinking, why am I creating love to be the solution? Well, if we had to explore that idea, if... if if I had to come up with, for me, what is the first word that comes to my head when I think about love? To me, that word would be trust. You love someone when you trust them. But what does that love do to you? What does trust do to you? Well, to me, the answer to that is, it makes me vulnerable. Now, vulnerability is not weakness. Vulnerability is ease. It's letting your guard down. It's There's so many ways of putting it, but many of them sound like you're becoming weaker, don't they? It's like saying that, oh, I feel more comfortable with less layers on. But that would be completely okay if it was summer, right? But if it's winter, then you're weak. You're making yourself weaker by reducing the amount of layers you're wearing. But if it's summer, it's completely okay. So vulnerability can have that duality too, can't it? Where some people think it's weakness, some people think it's strength. 
Anyway, those are the two words that came, right? So love is the solution because love is about trust and it's about vulnerability. Well, what is it about immortality that scares you? When I asked myself that question, the first word that popped up was guilt. See, the longer a person lives, the more likely they are to have done something that they are perhaps guilty about. And the interesting thing about guilt is, is that guilt is a, is a trap in some way. It's this, it's like it's a never-ending thing. It's a trap you create for yourself. So when we talk about immortality, is it perhaps a metaphor that we are bringing to life in these stories? Because it represents the guilt of not being able to forgive yourself for something that you did or experienced until you decide to move on from it, until you let that guilt die. So guilt is immortal until you let go, and then it becomes mortal. In a similar way, then, love is the solution to that guilt. Being okay with being who you are can be seen as accepting who you are for your past and your actions. And after that acceptance can come love. So in a way, are these stories about people accepting themselves and loving themselves and then being absolved of whatever they feel guilty about and then the the, the literal aspect of immortality can be, go back to being a metaphor and why does then there need to be this other person as as the trigger you can see how all of this is something that I contemplated very briefly yesterday. But see, for me, it's hard to not think about why a universe exists, why we exist in this form, why we think like this, why we worry like this, without asking these questions. Now, just imagine these, these, two, these two characters, right? In U1, they're both immortal. They've seen time. They've seen the world. But do they hate their condition? Do they love their condition? Do they see it as a gift? Do they see it as a curse? Well, when you hate something, you kind of find someone to blame for it. So then, do they hate themselves? Or do they hate whoever put them in this position? 
for example, do they hate their parents for giving them life? Because they must have parents, right? Well, if they have parents because they were born, unless, you know, we want to create characters who were born without parents, but let's not change too many things from the real world. Let's try to keep, we remember from episode one of Dual Stories, look for things that are similar between your universe and the reader's universe. Don't try to make them too different. So they should have parents. Well, did either of their parents die by finding love? Or are they still alive and 25 years old sitting somewhere? What is their What would be the relationship you would have with your parents if they brought you into a world where you were going to be immortal? How much would you see that as a gift or as a curse? In fact, let's say you don't blame your parents. Let's say you don't even think about that aspect. Then who do you blame? Or who do you think? If you were immortal, would you still believe in God? And if you did, would that be the God you would thank for this condition? Or would that be the God that you would blame for this condition? Better yet, think about this. What would you even do if you were immortal? Would you live your life the way you've lived it already? Or would you do things differently because you know that there is something about you that is different? I mean, it's not a small fact being changed, right? You finding out, you the person you are right now, that you're immortal, that would be a surprise, yes. But imagine knowing that your entire life, knowing your entire life, that if you wanted, you could live forever. When is the trigger point? At what age do you start thinking that, oh, I think I've seen enough now. Oh, I think I want to just be done. Now, here's where it becomes less, well, sad. That's where the rule of the universe comes in. Love is the only way for you to end the life. But... In a way, you have to reach that point where you don't see love as, you don't see the end as a bad thing. You see the end as a destination, as a destination you actually want to go to this time. And love is the journey That'll get you there. But it's one of the journeys. It's this this whole journey that in a way is supposed to be 
one of the most beautiful ways to live your life. Now, of course, you can't write a story by only thinking that this is how I would live it. So everyone in that story will live that way. Well, that's one of the first things to tackle. Your two main characters, sure, will be based on what you want them to be. But that doesn't mean there aren't other types of characters in the story. That's why there has to be this trigger point where, let's say, your male character or your female character, either character, they've lived for 500 years. So they've been 25 for 500 years. And during that time, they did everything they could. Everything imaginable, they did it. Because they can't die. There are no consequences to good or bad things. Because they know exactly what life is. See, this is one of the fun parts of creating people who don't think like you who don't live in the same world like you, you actually get to revisit your own way of living from a new perspective. So we're talking about characters who since birth know that there is no death unless there is love. So death isn't a bad thing. Death is end of loneliness death is something to actually knowingly aim for now this is the part where it becomes the most interesting for me to be creative about i have to create characters for whom the idea of death is a choice you either get to keep living experience everything that you could or you get to be with another person and just live and die i will give you an example of a video game here because i love them um i finished playing red dead redemption 2 you don't need to know the backstory or what the story is about it. Just know that it's an open world game where there's a story. Once you finish it, the game ends. But you get to keep living in the game. But there is no more story for you to experience. Now here's what happens. When I play the game, while there is still a story, I'm obsessed with the game. I love it. I want to play it every single day. But once the story ends, I play it less and less. And most of the time, even if I do play it, I just go in for a few basic things. I just want to ride the horse and, you know, go hunting or do some random things here and there. But I know that after the story is over... All I have to look forward to is things that are quite repetitive and boring. There's nothing new happening. 
This is why I think that these characters will embrace the idea of being in love and being in a relationship and dying. Because dying is the only way to keep the story going. So, coming back to character stuff. As you can see, I've made very little progress in terms of story development. But this is the part that I enjoy a lot. I mean, it also is quite frustrating because you do feel like I didn't really make any progress today. But I think this isn't this isn't a this is an essential part of the storytelling process and something that I I do want to share with you. Everything you do during the thinking and the planning process informs everything you do when you start typing. So speaking of typing, let me just give you a little bit of a recap of what actually happened yesterday when I started typing. Okay, are you ready? All right, I'm going to show you by telling you about it, all the things that I actually ended up writing yesterday. It's not a lot. I'm not going to actually read anything out to you, but I'll tell you, here's what happened. I started with U1, and I figured that in order for me to know which event in their relationship I would be focusing on, maybe I'm writing one night, maybe I'm writing multiple dates over the course of years, I don't know. But I started with their first meeting, how they met. And I thought about how it would be a good way to introduce the characters and the universe of you one to the readers. Where you slowly reveal that what they're reading is set in a different world. So it would start with being like, okay, uh, them getting together and talking about how they're probably used to this. So when they meet a new person, they share backstories. But in this scenario, they're like, you know what? Why don't we just lie about our backstories? Why don't we just have some fun? So they start talking about how they might have met each other like 200 years ago. And then they play this guessing game about who they must have been 200 years ago. And that's how the story started. And then I got, well, then I reached a point where I, I wrote a line that I liked, and I knew that this was a line that I was going to keep in the story, even though it hasn't actually been said in the story as yet. I only found it by typing a lot of what I thought was dialogue that I'll probably never end up using. Just them talking to each other, blah, blah, blah. And then I wrote this line. I've been around long enough to know that everything around me is independent of everything in me. So that's the line. I know I'm going to use it somewhere. And I now I know when I wrote that line, I had to write 30 to 40 lines of just two people talking, nothing interesting happening, just conversation until that line hit me. And now I know that I have to get to that line somehow in this conversation. Am I going to end up making the story about this conversation? Probably not. But I like the line enough to know that now I need 
that line to be set at some point. And it sounds like a line two people would say to each other, or one person would say to the other person when they don't know each other that well, because they're still introducing themselves to each other. So that's the first thing I wrote. The second thing I wrote was about how I would want them to have a conversation about the idea of this one person asking the other, what's the longest you've gone without talking? Because that's something that I certainly think about sometimes. What's the longest I've gone without talking to another human being? And I don't know what your answer to that question is, but mine is, I don't remember exactly. But from what I can remember, it's about two days, like Friday to Sunday. I remember maybe a few years ago when I was living by myself, there was that that's a very easy number for me to guess. Yeah, it's probably two to three days where I went without talking to another human being. But in the case of these immortals in U1, they could have gone years without talking to another person. And then there's the person's like, oh, you mean talking to the person or talking to myself? Does that count? And then there's a little banter over there. So that's the second thing I wrote. Here's the final piece of dialogues that I wrote. And these had to do with something that will eventually, I believe, come up with these conversations between two immortals what is the longest relationship you've ever had? And the reason I wanted to include that is because it came out of a question. Do we judge relationships by time spent? Imagine that, you know, you're, you're with your friends and one of your friends comes up to you and tells you, oh, you know, guess who broke up? And you're like, I don't know who. And the person tells you the name of these two people. And you're like, I have no idea who they are. I don't know who they are. She's like, no, no, no. You, okay, yeah, you don't know them. But you know how long they were together for? And you are like, how long? And you're like, 10 years. And a part of you would be like, oh, no, that sucks. Because they were together for 10 years. And they still broke up. Compare that to the same person telling you, Oh, guess who broke up? And you're like, I don't know who. And she's like, oh, well, he could, it could be a person. It could be a, a he telling you this. Not the, Their pronoun is not relevant to the story that I'm hypothesizing. Hypothesizing? Is that even a word? Well, I, it's it's quite late, so let's not look it up or edit this out. They could say, oh, they were together for six months. And you'd be like, oh, just six months. That's normal. Now, do we really judge relationships on their quality by their quantity in terms of time? Because isn't that the point of this story? Because the longer you're together, the closer you get to be to death. That's what these universes are built on. They are not, whatever the rules, whoever is governing the rules of the universe. I mean, obviously it's me, but within the story, they don't know I'm writing it, right? The characters don't know who I am. So whatever is judging whether two people are going to be together forever, 
so that they can die, which I still need to figure out how that would actually happen. And how would that get communicated to you, the reader, without me going into exposition? It's based on longevity. It's based on you found someone that you somehow will live the rest of your life with. So when you think about that idea of you living in a universe where you could spend many years with someone and if it doesn't work out, you go back to being 25, you could lie about all of that, right? You could lie about that your longest relationship was 10 years and not three months. But how would you lie? And would you even lie? Because if you lie at the beginning of a relationship, we're, we're told that that's bad for relationships. Lying is bad. So, in a way, these stories are about human beings letting go of so many things that they do in our world. Because in these universes, many of those rules just don't exist. So this is this is the last thing I wrote yesterday, which I guess was me summarizing what I think the story is about. And it's in one sentence, and I wrote down, when you're ready to die, fall in love. So I think that's a good... That's a good ending point for this episode. As you can tell, this episode was way too much about, about that stage in the writing process where you have no idea where to go next. Because see, you've conceptualized it. You know the basics. You know most of the rules. You know the characters, what they're going to be. But you have no idea how to execute it. You have no idea really who these people are because you only know their skeletons. You only know what their technical details are. You don't know their childhood. You don't know how they grew up and who they loved when they were teenagers, who they loved before they were 25. I mean, I haven't even gotten to that part yet. And clearly... My reluctance to work on this story without recording these podcasts is going to become a problem. So I kind of hope that you stay with me on this journey. And I will leave you with this thought. And this is because it's something that I, I think about a lot. Now, I told you about the part about they asked them each other this question. What's the longest you've gone without talking? And the other person is like, does talking to myself count? We're, we're about to hit 1 a.m. over here. And if you think about it, over this past almost hour, I've been talking to you. I know that, and you know that. But I also know that I've only been talking to myself. 
How does that change us? How does that idea that there is another person listening to me, experiencing me, experiencing my story, being interested in my story, how does that change us? How does the idea that I desire another person's attention and presence and love, how does admitting that to yourself affect us? That's the thought I want to leave you with. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I don't know if you can tell, but I am I am very tired. And I honestly don't even remember what we talked about 20 minutes ago because of how tired I am. But if there's anything that you feel about why I chose to share this episode particularly even though we didn't make, well, word count-wise, we didn't make a lot of progress. I hope you see that this is what it's like to come up with stories sometimes. You feel like you have no idea where you're going. You feel like you don't know if you have anything interesting or original or new to say that you haven't already tried to say and you feel like there's just too much left to do but then you got to remind yourself that you're doing this because you like it you're doing this because you you want to say these things how they come out, when they come out, and how many words come out. You don't know that. And that's okay. Thank you for listening to this episode. I still don't know what to call it, but I'll figure that out before I post this. This is episode 72 of Story Talking with Laksh. Hope to see you next week. Probably not with another episode of this, but with another interesting story nonetheless.